Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The right shoes can take an outfit from good to great. Allbirds elevates your everyday style with timeless comfort and supreme versatility. Like their all-new Courier, a shoe with nods to a classic silhouette for undeniable appeal and made from 100% organic cotton. The Allbirds Courier is a natural classic shoe that keeps up with each step you take throughout your day and night. Its clean, retro silhouette keeps things casual, while the intricate details give it enough oomph to wear out and about. It's the sneaker that feels like you're walking on air. And at the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff, like research and testing, to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials, like leather made from plants, sugarcane, and tree fibers. Materials so natural, one might even say they're supernatural. Everyday comfort delivered. Allbirds All New Courier. Elevate your supernatural style at Allbirds.com today and use code SOCKSTYLE for free socks with your purchase. That's A L L B I R D S.com, code SOCKSTYLE. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on by helping you across all the places where you write the most. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. Accelerate productivity for you and your teams. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. Applying to new jobs? With Grammarly by your side, you can apply to your dream job with confidence by tailoring your cover letter and revising your resume in seconds. A big presentation coming up? Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. For your next vacation, it can help you create a whole itinerary. Grammarly is here to assist you at every step of your writing so you can show up with confidence. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been um, enjoying, I, I guess. is <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. Well, we've but... landed on for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. This week we're talking the two usuals, plus a Korean television series, more Mexican horror, and an upcoming horror gem. Ooh. I know. That's exciting. I can't say much about it, but I know that I can give some early reactions. So I want to, I'm going to hype it before it comes out. And before we do get to it, I do want to say that starting today, when this episode drops, Servant Season 2 is out. I've seen the first three <laughs> episodes. 
it's really fucking good. They're, the first two episodes are directed by Julia De, De Cornell. De Cornell, yeah. De Cornell. And there is a scene in which a character uh, cuts a blistered, pus-filled, oozing sack on his hand, and it's gross and disturbing, and it is a really good the season two is really upping the ante in terms of both the horror, the supernatural, and there's a part for you, Mary Beth, that is <gasps> it does this really interesting thing with like second screen almost in a way where Ooh. because like most of the action, well, pretty much 99% of the action is inside this house. And mm-hmm. when we see stuff outside the house, it's it's through the TV. And they use a lot of – it's an Apple product, so they use a lot of Apple tech. But there is a sequence in the third episode where they have, like, put a camera on someone. And so, like, they're watching him outside the house going to do this thing. And they're watching through – so we were watching them watch through the television of this guy going out because, no, we can't ever leave the house for us. So – huh. It's just this really interesting thing where it's like we're watching in first person this guy's espionage mission. Cool. And it's really cool. Fuck yeah. I need to watch it. You keep reminding me. It's so just good. Apple, t- Apple TV. I know. <laughs> Fine. I'll give, I already give Apple all my money, so I might as well just continue. <laughs> it's only four ninety nine. <laughs> I know, but they're all only four ninety nine, and then there's like 10 of them. <laughs> and you have like 20 different services, and you and get like, your bill fuck. a month, and you're like... Where's all my money going? Oh, it's for these little a la carte things. Well, the worst part is like I forget and they're auto pay. And then I look at my statement. I'm like, oh, fuck. They're just all taking money out of my account. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, where did all yep. that money go? I'm like, oh, that's where it's going. Yeah. But so uh, what did you watch this week, Mary Beth? So this week I I have been really depressed. So I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, um, full disclosure. It has been very good on my Switch. I used to play it. I used to play it on my um my Mac, and then I got a Switch, and then I decided to just play it on my Switch. So that's been very fun. Um, in terms of horror, I have been watching Sweet Home, that Korean series, right? Yeah, the Korean series on Netflix that was based off of a webtoon comic of the same name, mm. and I'm watching it with Steve, and I'm really really enjoying it. It is basically zombie movie, but instead of zombies, people turn into monsters. And each monster is based on, like, one of the things they kind of desire. And so the – so it's, like, it's cool because each monster is very different, has different strengths, and they're all really creepy. So it's really hard to fight them because they're not – there's, like, no individual way to kill them. Oh. Yeah. And so it all takes place mostly in this big apartment complex where all of the residents are trying to work together to, like, survive. And there's a whole survivor – trying to survive jesus survivors banding together and also (laughs) having problems and like all that good stuff so but it's really well done they do a really good job working with all of the characters there's a lot of characters and so there's it's um it feels really well balanced to me in terms of like how many people they focus on and who they has a like a longer back a bigger backstory than the others so I am really enjoying that so far. It's on Netflix. I recommend it 100%. The CGI is a little iffy at parts, but like... Yeah, that was the thing I noticed in the trailers is that it it looks a little cartoony, I guess. It gets a little bit better as it goes on. There's some practical effects with the monsters, but yeah, the CGI isn't great, but like, I can forgive it. It's also a television show, so... Yeah, it's a television show and they're being really ambitious and like, I can kind of commend them for that. So that's been the big thing I've been watching. The other thing I wanted, the movie I want to talk about, I can only provide some like early reactions, 
but it's Seder. Yeah. Seder is a movie directed by Jordan Graham. It's been kind of making the festival circuit since 2019. It's finally coming to VOD on the 5th of February. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me let me let me fact check myself because I think there's something else coming out on the fifth of February. I feel like everything is coming out on the fifth of February for some reason. Yes, it's coming out on the sorry, it's coming out on the ninth of February. Oh, the ninth. Okay. But it's this really, I I'm calling it the film that A24 has always wanted to make. No. It's got Hagazusa vibes. Oh. It's very and so it's it's like a it's a like a demonic presence movie and it's a family that lives in the woods they're a broken family and their grandmother with dementia keeps saying that Seder is coming and who is Seder I don't know you'll find out <laughs> but it's it's slow so if you don't really like the slow like atmospheric like long beautiful shots of the woods you probably might not like it, but the atmosphere is just absolutely gorgeous. And the way it builds is really good. And there's an, it switches between like 16 by 9 widescreen, beautiful, colorful footage to square, like 8 millimeter oh, yeah. black and white film. And there's some really interesting found footage aspects to it, which I really appreciated. And so it's an it's just like a beautiful experience. So I won't say anything else, but um, that's coming out in February. So keep an eye out for it because it's really good. This was like a long gestating project for him too, wasn't it? Didn't I? I think I read somewhere that it's like he's worked on it for like six years. I don't know exactly. All I know is that it's been out, like it's been circulating for a while and I just mm. never have seen it. I am so glad I've seen it, though. Well, I guess according to the trivia on IMDb, it's been in post-production for almost six years due to solo work and budget limits. So this is like a labor of love in some ways, it seems like. Well, you can tell. And I think he did almost everything. Like, he did... He wrote it. He directed it. He did the music. He produced it. Like, it's like basically like a one-man show. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I I love that kind of independent spirit. Oh, I know. I absolutely love it. So... Check that out when it comes out. Um, it's so good. And oh, and um, today in the mail, I got my Dark and the Wicked Blu-ray and my <sighs> She Dies Tomorrow DVD. <laughs> awesome. I got my paycheck, and I was like, I'm gonna buy myself some DVDs, even though I don't need any more. Hell yeah! So that is the encapsulation of what I have been consuming this week. What about you, Terry? So last week I talked about um this Spanish uh director ruben galindo jr mm-hmm. and his sort of nightmare on elm street slasher-esque type uh movie called don't panic well there was a trio of them that have been released through vinegar syndrome including don't panic and so i wanted to continue down this this path and so this week i watched uh grave robbers by okay. him and unlike don't panic this one is fully um in spanish mm. it's it's an entire Spanish cast. They all speak in Spanish. So this is a little bit different than than Don't Panic. And I actually liked it better. Oh, so okay. It takes, so it starts off in like the Inquisition area where this man who is an executioner for the Inquisition is um, about ready to try to rape a woman. But then he gets like axed with his to to impregnate her with the antichrist for some reason i don't know the semantics of how that's gonna work but he ends up getting axed in the chest and the last thing he says is that one day they will come someone will come and pull the axe out and i will continue my quest and okay cut to 
300 years later and some grave robbers have stumbled upon his his grave they find his body they take out his axe and he uh continues doing what he was doing before and starts hacking people up um it's uh i mean it's kind of low budget it's uh obviously aping the sort of like zombie undead killer that became popular towards the end of the 80s uh mm-hmm. this one came out in 89 but there is one sequence inside a jail where like it gets into it goes into like an almost surreal territory where there's like someone is laying in bed and a hand bursts through his chest and hmm. then there's like hands reaching through the the walls like there's there's this really cool supernatural moment that I that I thought was really well done the rest of the movie doesn't really live up to that sequence and there's a lot of screaming in this movie okay amazing all the women in this movie just like to run around screaming like super loud it's very shrill okay but i enjoyed it a lot more actually than don't panic oh so yeah it's a vinegar syndrome release so you kind of know what you're gonna get um sometimes but yeah it's it's fun i i had a good time with this one there's some there's some fun gore effects and the the puppetry is low budget but kind of cool. Ooh, puppetry. Yeah, there's like there's a moment where when when he like comes alive and like his head pops up out of like the grave and it's obviously, you know, like a a puppet and there's some like that kind of work in it. But hmm. yeah, it, it's fun. It's a good it's a good time. I had a really good I had a I had a fun time watching it. Sweet. Yeah, so that's Grave Robbers. Okay. Uh segueing a bit from that. <laughs> uh still keeping with the slasher trend. Cute. Uh yeah. but Moving forward, uh, quite a few years. What <laughs> what do we think of Wrong Turn Three, Left for Dead? Um, Mary Beth, you know, um, <laughs> I actually had a bit more fun with this one than the second. I will say. So, what's the plot? This so the, time? the plot it's. <laughs> <laughs> a van load of prisoners are run off the road by a crazy cannibal and they're left to fight for survival in the trap laden woods so basically these cops are transferring these like dangerous prisoners to another facility and they're taking a back road so they won't get caught by like the bad guys who are gonna break the guys out and then <laughs> they it's drive very convoluted it's very convoluted and then they're driving down like obviously uh like middle of nowhere west virginia road and our our usual cannibals come out of nowhere with their tow truck run them off the road and then it's just a bunch of it's like two cops and a bunch of criminals trying to both like killing each other and then there's the cannibals killing them and then a woman appears from the beginning and it's um i again there's a lot of racism because it's the white it's like the white prisoners against the mexican prisoners and there's just a lot of racism. It's also kind of misogynistic. It's very honestly. misogynistic. There's a lot of talking about assault, sexual assault. It feels very 2009. Let's just kind of yeah. put it that way. Like, it is a product of its time. Like, watching it now, it's like, ugh. But that's unfortunately the kind of humor that I feel like was prevalent in that area. What I did realize watching this, though, is that in some ways it feels a lot more regressive than even the slashers of the of the 80s because the women characters in this well there's only like what three i think and 
Oh, one yeah. gets killed in the beginning. <laughs> Jesus. One gets strung up in barbed wire to be killed, and then the other, the the quote unquote hero of the of it, gets strung up and hung out in barbed wire. But they're not empowered. Like it's mm-hmm. not their movie. It is about the straight men that are coming to must rescue the woman from being assaulted and murdered by and eaten by yeah. the cannibals. So they're not given any power. So there's not even I wouldn't even call her like a final girl in no. this because even though even though she does survive to the end, it's not about her journey. She is an afterthought. Yeah. Well she's mostly there so the prisoners can make jokes about assaulting her and touching her boobs. Yep. Like just for fun just like just like a little fun splash in there of misog of and, like just blatant and misogyny. A lot of a little bit of, you know, tits in the beginning because we got to have a woman uh, sunbathing out there in the beginning and then getting shot through the boob okay i will say though that was pretty rad i i it was rad. i i know it's bad but he just he the guy this guy is grabbing her boob and talking about how much he loves her boobs and then an arrow comes flying through her boob into his hand and my god what a phenomenal way to start the movie I mean, it is. It definitely starts off on on a high note of sorts, I guess. It does. But that, the problem is it starts, like, really fast. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, we're just going for it. And, like, the you know, the cannibals, again, ableist, terrible. But they're more fun, I think, because they, they laugh. There's, like, some weird creepy laugh going on with this one that I kind of enjoyed. And it they seems like a little bit more creepy in this one i guess i don't know how to explain it but they felt more like a weird creepy presence throughout the woods because they were laughing and it was echoing around the woods that i enjoyed that yeah it kind of reminds me of like when a movie would start out super serious and then by like the well the third entry in the movie it becomes a little less serious with the with the yeah the killer and so like he does have a little bit of zany energy to him running around third actor playing this three toes character by or three three fingers character there's one that's three toes and one that's three fingers i like i honestly <laughs> can't keep track of which one is which so i'm just like all right we're just gonna like who, who i think is the who? main character is three finger who okay. was played by uh <sighs> The guy from Any- Anything for Jackson. Oh, okay. And then he's played by different actors each time. Um, <laughs> so the, he's a little zany in this. Uh, you know, the the one of my notes that I took was that I love when angry straight men get so close to each other mm-hmm. because they want to be, they want to like. I guess, threaten the other person, but it's so close that they could be kissing. And that happens about like two minutes into introducing the the prisoners. And it just, it cracks me up every time. It's like, if you were any closer, you would literally be inside their mouth. Mm. (laughs) It's so funny. I was watching it while I was working just because like, it was just white. It's not something you have to pay a lot of attention to. (laughs) No. And Steve was like, what are you watching? And I told him and he said, oh, is it going to be a poignant critique on the American (laughs) prison industrial (laughs) complex? (laughs) Sarcastically, I'm like, oh, yes, a very deep critique of our carceral system. So deep. (sighs) Just kidding. That's not even once mentioned. Surprise. Surprise. No. (laughs) More poop humor. Not as bad. More, but more poop, more poop humor. humor. Poop, 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 <laughs> more pupe. I mean, like at this point, I think I also think I enjoyed this one a little bit more than two because my expectations have been lowered way down. Yeah. So my expectations are so low, and I'm watching it. I'm like, I mean, like this is like good dumb fun. Like, 
it's gross and it has some like really big problems in it. But you know, it's like a dumb slasher to put on. <laughs> I suggest it to Mary Beth that when we start doing when we start going through these wrong term movies, maybe with this one, <laughs> that we start like singling out something nice to say about it. And I actually with you enjoyed this one more than two. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I think you know I, it's filmed. I was surprised at at how good the cinematography and the lighting of it worked because the way two was lit. I mean, you could tell they spent all of their money on the gore. Yeah. In the second one, because it did not, it looked like a straight to DVD release of the early aughts. Whereas this one had a little bit more character to the way it was filmed, where it actually felt more like a real movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so in my in my mind, I I do think I actually like I know that this is a hot take for us, but I I agree. I think it's better than the second one. Not saying much, no. but it is slightly better than the second one for me. It really is. I 100% agree. So right now for the rankings, I think for me it'd be one, three, and then two. I agree. I also agree with that. So, okay. I don't know. I have to remember. Is Fours in the Snow. Four is in the Snow. Do pe and people like that one-ish? People again, seem to like that again, one. Again, don't really know what that means in terms of they like it, but... <laughs> Well, you know, I honestly think that the reason why people like that one is that for the for the longest time, people have wanted to see Jason in the snow. Oh, and so, okay. In my opinion, without having seen it, I have a feeling that it has more to do with, oh, it's a serial, it's a slasher movie in the snow, finally. Okay. But I could be mistaken. Maybe it, it is a a hidden gem. Okay. We'll see next week. It's directed by the same guy that directed this one he does i think he does four five and six or three four and five at least i'm pretty sure i thought i saw whatever does he do six i think we'll find out we'll find out oh I he does not do six. Oh, he doesn't okay i was telling terry i am ready to stop watching these movies but i'm not but it's not that i'm not having fun like i say that and then i'm like well, i'm enjoying them and like it's kind of i like to have that knowledge of them so i mean I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of stupid, but like, it's kind of a fun, stupid, like, way to spend my energy that's not looking at Twitter. <laughs> so, like, I can't really I mean, complain about that. Put this on the poster. It's better than doom scrolling on Twitter. Woo, How's that? Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> that's really all I have to say about Rock Turn Yep. <laughs> yep. Now, I do have a story. Okay. Tell me. Tell me a story, Terry. So it's been it's been really cold here. And so I haven't really been outside that much. And so today I noticed that it's actually looking a lot nicer outside. The The snow is starting to melt a little bit. The temperature is, is up into the balmy 30s. And so I was like, I'm going to go outside for a little bit. So I decided to go take a walk. And as I was walking, I discovered on the ground a little key. <laughs> and the key said, Mary Beth. And I was like... <laughs> Well, this is weird. And I was wondering, Mary Beth, is your vice a locked room and only I have the key? These bits are everything, Terry. <laughs> I was like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? Also, I'm not sure you want access to my vice after watching this movie. <laughs> like, I don't think that's actually something that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, these are so good. I was like, I cannot. Sorry, wait. no, don't I, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. It was so good, but okay. So we watched 
Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. I kept wanting to call it your vice is an empty room, like the Death Cat for Cutie song, Your Heart is an Empty oh. Room. <laughs> I'm telling you, the connection between Giallo films and uh, the... Um, I just lost what they're called. Fallout Boy. Death Cat their for band, Cutie? Their music. Oh, pop their music. punk. Pop punk. Yeah, pop punk and emo, that kind of stuff. I think there's a direct connection between the two. In this essay, I will. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, wow. So every week I say this, but Jesus, this is wild. <laughs> so this is from 1972, directed by Sergio Martino, mm-hmm. about a really abusive, awful husband who mm-hmm. humiliates his wife, and then women start dying. He becomes the prime suspect. There's a cat named Satan. There's a lot of sex. A lot of bisexual oh, this, this energy horny. going on. It's very horny. And it's also Edgar Allan Poe-esque. Well, it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. My favorite was someone on Letterboxd call it, called it Edgar Allan Ponography. <laughs> I was okay. like, damn, that's so funny. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. I wish I had thought of that. Um, <laughs> what do you think of this? I loved it. Yeah. Me too. I was like thrown off at first. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But as it kept going and kept going, I was like, this is so fucking weird. I am obsessed with it. And then when like the women started having sex, I was very into it. Mm -hmm. And then the women had sex with men. I was like, oh, my God, the bisexual energy from this movie is everything I've I've ever wanted. And everyone's fabulous in this movie and is very attractive. Also, yes, this is a rape revenge movie. <laughs> yeah, you 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 messaged me, and I'm curious to for you to dig into that a little bit. Okay, so hear me out here. There are multiple instances. Okay, so the the husband's name is Olive. Oh God, Oliviero. 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 Yeah, Oliviero, and his wife is Irina, mm-hmm. who has beautiful hair. Olivier- oh my God, her hair. <sighs> But Oliviero is a drunk. He is abusive. He's constantly grabbing her and punching her and hitting her and verbally abusing her. And there are several instances where he forces himself on her, where mm-hmm. he's drunk and there's just a long scene of him pulling down her underwear. There's scenes where he's like trying to make out with her and pin her to the ground. And while there isn't necessarily like an explicit scene of rape, it's still assault. And it's right. interrelationship assault, which isn't talked about a lot. And so, um, spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. We'll drop them in the, yeah. the show notes. She kills him. And everyone yeah, who fucks with her. And, like, yeah, she does. That's why it's rape revenge to me because she, like, is, you know, this kind of looks like a, like a, a withering violet or shrinking violet. And then all of a sudden she's like, I gotcha, bitches, and hides them behind <laughs> the plaster and kills everybody. And she's like, that's what you get for underestimating me. And I really, I saw it as a rape revenge movie in a way. And she would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling cat. Meddling Satan. If she hadn't abused an animal, she would have gotten away with it. Dumb bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> That's why you don't hurt animals, people. So you don't hurt animals, especially that beautiful black cat. Oh, okay. I felt really bad for the cat, not necessarily in the movie, although I felt bad for the cat in the movie, but in, in real life, like the actor cat. Because this is at a time when, like, 
I mean, they're like hitting it with a broom. They're like scaring it. They're like doing all the stuff. And I felt so bad for that cat. I was like, you are tormenting this cat. And yeah, it's effective in the movie, but I felt so bad for the cat. I know. Seriously. Yeah, I th- I see it as a, re- as a rape revenge movie. I did not think that was going to happen, but by the end, it all kind of ties together to me in that way. No, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because um, I, I hadn't really th- thought about it. I was thinking a lot more of the, the sort of like psychosexual mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe gothic tale. And so I was like, I was more caught up in that aspect of it. So I was really glad that, that you mentioned that because it, it really did help me like – relook it from the very beginning and be like oh yeah i could i could totally see it i mean it it is like you explaining it it absolutely 100 percent. i'm ready to stamp that with with that yeah um what i found interesting about this about this particular giallo was that it wasn't really a giallo no it takes a subplot that is a giallo like it could have been at, at the beginning it could be a giallo and then it takes off into a completely different direction and that is what i was like oh i like what this is doing with it where it is taking the tropes of the giallo and merging it completely with gothic horror because we had that a little bit with um the red queen kill seven times yeah but this is like we're going full-on psychosexual he might have an edible complex with his with his mom he's an abusive husband he is he has sex with his niece and like his his wife Arena is also having sex with with his, her husband's niece. So like there's this whole web of like pure gothicness in this in this part. And I just I loved when it took that direction and completely yeah. blew away my expectations of what this movie was about. One hundred percent. I don't know. It's sleazy, but like I didn't think it was oh. that bad in terms of the sex. No. Like yeah, it's sexy. There's a lot of sex in it, but like it all makes sense to me why the sex is in it it's a whole lot less sleazy than uh what have you done to what have solange? you done to solange, solange? yeah yeah like this a didn't whole lot yeah this felt much more like purposeful i think in the inclusion of sex scenes and once again bisexual energy hell yeah i also love the way it was edited Yes. Like this movie, the editing in this movie is so good. The cinematography in this movie is actually really, really good. But I loved there's a sequence at the end where there's a motorcycle accident. Oh. And it's like it's filming that with like edits of a woman on a billboard with it with a, a glimpse of an oil can. Like there's just these quick shots that you can absolutely see that this the this kind of editing influenced people like Tarantino, who loves Giallo's, loves the grindhouse films. Like you can see where that kind of editing started with this with movies like this it was just oh i love that i love the way this movie was edited it's really it's beautiful to watch also this is the first giallo i think that we've watched that had a person of color in it yeah they're made brenda as a black woman and you know of course she's not treated very well and she's murdered rather quickly but it's interesting to see a black woman in giallo because that hasn't and i'm pretty sure she was queer that's right, because she's looking at um uh, a woman like a like a nudie mag. A nudie mag, yeah. God. So I'm I'm pretty it. sure she was queer. Like I I'm like this movie is like tackling queer themes, and I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily like none of the characters in this in this movie are actually like good people, like the main the the main trio, but there's queerness, and it's not the the queerness the, the queerness isn't what's being punished. Exactly. I guess is my, is my yeah, thing. it's definitely not the queerness. And look, not a lot of bisexuality in horror films. No, so I will take it. Plus, Edwidge, Ed, Edwidge, Fen, Fenech, Fenech, 
gorgeous. Gorgeous. I would let her kiss me. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it PG here. There you for go. For once. But she's I love her. absolutely gorgeous. Also, so like so Steve and I have desks next to each other and like I'll watch things on my on my work on my personal computer while I have working on my work laptop. He'll like look mm. over and make comments, which is my favorite. And he's like, Who's that guy, Oliviero? And I said, I don't know. And Steve loves spaghetti westerns and he's in the good and the bad and the ugly. He plays the brother of Tuco. Oh. But Steve was over, he's like, oh, I know that man. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept thinking that he looks like James Kahn. Mm. Like he kept giving me like an Italian James Kahn type mm, vibe. Yes. Younger James Kahn. Oh, and this reminds me. Uh, the sweater game of this movie is absolutely on fucking point. Mm. Like the chunky, oh, yeah. the chunky turtlenecks, the designed sweater patterns, mostly on men. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Amazing. <laughs> Such good sweaters. Yeah. Well, that was your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. I and know. it is scarred for life approved. It I is would scarred say. for life approved. Got that stamp of approval. That's really important. I know that's I know. that's important for everybody, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> okay, so what a, what jail are we watching next week? So I think we're going to watch the corruption of Chris Miller, which is a Spanish giallo, mm-hmm. and it's on Shutter. If you want to watch, it is. So if you want to watch along with us, please do. It has a scythe wielding serial killer. I can't. Wait. I mean, I love me a scythe wielding serial need? killer. I love it. And, of course, we'll be watching Wrong Turn 4. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. The one in the snow. <laughs> I can get behind a little bit, like uh, some, some variety. So excited for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Take us to a little bit more of a chilly climate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but who are we talking to on Monday, Mary Beth? Oh, my God, guys. I'm so excited. On Monday, we are talking with Justin Brunson and Aaron Moorhead. They have made Resolution, Spring, The Endless, and now Synchronic, which is it came out on the 12th, streaming. Um, We talked to them not about a movie, but about a TV episode, the Mm. most disturbing X-Files episode, Home. The one that got, the only one that ever got a TVM rating. If you haven't seen Home, it is one of the most shocking episodes of television I've ever seen. And it's on Hulu and... HBO Max, I think. There's two places where X Files. They have all of X Files. It's definitely on Hulu. So it's really fun conversation. They're really awesome, and we were so lucky to uh, score some time with them. So get excited for that one because we yeah. sure are. Right before they're about to really blow up for the rest of the world, with <laughs> the Marvel stuff like <laughs> just wild, wild timing, wild timing. This is a spoiler alert. They cannot really talk about it, so don't get your hopes up no, for any like, inside scoops. <laughs> anyway, so y'all have heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch a film that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for mo- movies we should talk about? Any Jello suggestions? Any horrible franchises we should dig into next? <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please.
please re- review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Eric Power for our amazing artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please stay safe this weekend, wherever you are, whatever is going on, especially if you're in the DMV. Don't go to DC this weekend. Please be safe and also stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.